Welcome, Strikers. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Striker Thoughts. I'm your host, Will Sow. For those just tuning in, Striker Thoughts is a podcast aimed at sharing innovation ideas, lessons learned, and discussions on the hottest topics within the Global Strike Command. Hey, Strikers. Major Ryan Chapman again here today. What we're really hoping to do with this podcast is take an innovative idea from an airman out there who might have one and explain how that idea comes uh, to fruition in the command. You know, how does it get from your base, your shop, potentially your supervisor telling you no to become a MAGCOM program and how we at the MAGCOM will invest in your idea. But Will and I can't do it alone. We're going to bring in a guest today, Captain Kaylee Braun from A9. Kaylee, you want to tell the crowd about yourself? Hey y'all, like Ryan said, my name is Captain Kaylee Brown. I'm from A9 and I'm the program manager that is over all the Spark Cells and Global Strike Command. What's a Spark Cell, Kaylee? Spark Cell, (laughs) so really what it is is a grassroots innovation-led team. Um, It's really a function for the wind commander to get, uh, to help airmen solve airmen's problems. Awesome. So kind of walk us through that process, right? So um, obviously the start of that process is an airman has an idea, right? It could be, um, you know, any sort of improvement idea. What happens with that um, idea? So what it looks like depends on each base. So each spark cell is set up different. So there is really no one size fits all for this. But generally what happens is an airman has a problem. They kind of have a solution of what they would like they take it up to their spark cell and their spark cell helps them to further develop the problem statement, um, make sure that they're really solving the problem that they think that is the real problem. The last thing we want to do is waste time and resources solving a problem that's not actually the core problem. Um, from there, the spark cell has the ability and authority to help the airmen work on the problem, um, get the right stakeholders involved, and um, yeah, just start solving the problem. So I'm going to like break this down to like a level anyone understands, even I can understand. So uh, I think this week we had a briefing on a project from a guy who's a 2MOX2, so a missile maintainer. Uh, and basically the way I uh, understood it after a while is like there's a hole in the ground and you got to cover the hole in the ground to stop these check engine lights from coming on, causing a bunch of maintenance uh, actions, right? So it's, uh, this hole is letting stuff in and causing a whole bunch of maintenance issues. So how do we cover the hole? Um, so let's say I'm an airman out there, Kaylee, and I have an idea to cover this hole in the ground that's causing me a whole lot of pain. Um, what do I do? What's step one? Uh, so step one would be to get with your spark cell. Um, sit down, kind of give them a brief overview, explain to them what the problem is, um, what your pain point really is. If you can't articulate it well, then they're really not going to understand the depth of the problem. Um, right, so metrics, any, any, yep. anything data-related could definitely help that case. Yep, absolutely. Um, and if your spark cell needs help or if it's something that can be applicable to other wings or to other MDSs, they have the ability to come talk to us at the Hornet's Nest. Okay, and for those who do not know what the Hornet's Nest is, um, check out our Hornet's Nest episode for a deep dive, detailed discussion on that. So I want to take it back a couple steps because I know a lot of times when you talk innovation, when people talk innovation, right, they talk about the frozen middle. So uh, that people in their chain of command who are resistant to ideas. So I'd like to take, you know, this particular idea of covering up that hole in the ground and look at it through two different lenses. One, you have a supervisor who endorses your idea, who loves it, who wants to challenge the way things were before when we didn't have covers over holes in the ground. How would that look, Kaylee? Would, um, would the supervisor, you know, help the airmen build that, 
gain those metrics with the supervisor, go to the spark cell for them, would he brief his or her commander? Um, or, you know, is the airman left out to dry on their own, you know? If, if there was no frozen middle in the ideal world. Yeah, so absolutely in an ideal world, the supervisor would be on board um, and they would help the airman, you know, kind of walk through that process. And especially if it's a young airman, you know, kind of having that rank behind the airman and the airman's idea can go a really long way. Uh, you definitely want to make sure that your chain of command is aware, especially before you start reaching out to outside entities such as the MAGCOM or the SPO or anything like that, just so that no one is um, kind of shanghaied or blindsided. And then on the other scenario where you have potentially, you know, what we call the frozen middle or you have someone who's not supportive of your idea, uh, then you would go to the spark cell like you described. Is that correct? Yeah, so you can go to the spark cell even with a supportive supervisor, um, but the spark cell is really just another tool to help um, be an advocate for your project and for your idea. Okay, awesome. So even even an airman with no support can have this idea that's backed with data that he or she has collected and take it to the spark cell and they can help with that. Yep, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So Kaylee, your job in the command is to or part of your job, right, is to look at all the spark cells at all the global strike bases. Is that right? Yes. So, like, uh, from your, I guess, experience, is there some that are more mature than others or some, you know, have no capabilities yet or some have great capabilities? Can you kind of talk about the disparities that might exist between the spark cells? Yeah, so even just within our small command, all of our spark cells look very different. We have some that are just getting stood up. Um, we have some that are volunteers. Most of them are volunteered at this point, but we still have some that are voluntold that are, you know, told that you are the spark cell lead. But we're, we're really starting to move past that, and that's one of General Ray's big initiatives is to make sure that we're getting the right people so that these these airmen's ideas, you know, get elevated and they get the proper look at. Uh, we also have some spark cells that are part-time. You know, we have airmen that are doing this because they love it and they want to see their Air Force um, grow and mature, and they want to get away from the this is the way it's always been done, or they want to solve their own pain point because they've been told no for so long. Then we have others that are full time. Uh, we have a wing right now that has an FGO, has a lieutenant colonel in charge, as well as a senior NCO and NCO, and they actually work uh, quite closely with their CPI office. So they have a really well rounded team, and because of that, they've been really successful with not only innovation projects but also CPI projects and being able to crosstalk back and forth. So I think one thing that might seem intimidating, right, um, for someone with a new idea out there is, and especially if they are told at some point along the way, that'll never happen, that won't work. You know, you'll never get the program office to buy, on a, buy out on it. Um, what would you say to them, and how could StrikeWorks come in to help those airmen out? I think the important part is to, to not give up. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, especially when you've had a project, been told no three or four times. There was a project that we actually, as the Hornet's Nest and Strikeworks, took up for a, an engineering design sprint where the airman has been told, no, that we don't do that. That's the SPO's job. That's, you know, MAGCOM's job to give that to us. We're, we don't do innovation here. Um, and as a young airman, and, you know, eventually he became a tech sergeant, but it was a project that was near and dear to his heart, and he just kept kind of poking at it and eventually found kind of a, a loose rock where he was able to kind of get through, and we were able to help him with his project. And it wasn't a dumb idea. It was actually brilliant. And it was one of those things that the commander kind of sat back and smacked themselves in the head and went, why didn't we do this 30, 40 years ago? It just makes sense. So you just got to find the right person who's willing to work with you and, and quote, unquote, take that risk with you. Right. Keep the faith, right? So don't, don't, lose, don't lose hope in a sense. 
Um, so, so let me play devil's advocate for a little bit. Um, so for an airman that has an idea that may have gotten told no before um, because they didn't see anything come out of their idea when they pitched it, what would you what would you say is a normal timeline? Um, because some people think as soon as I have an idea, I give it to the Sparks, so I pitch it, I should see something within two weeks, a month, right? What's that normal timeline for the process look like? So when you take a project to your Sparks cell, you know, if it was during a pitch day or if you're just bringing this up on a onesie, twosie basis, you know, that can look different. A pitch day, they can be looking at, you know, 20, 30, 40 different airmen who all have problems or solutions, so in that case, you just kind of need to be, be patient with them. But also, you know, onesie twosies can still take some time, right? So we can, we're looking at several weeks, if not maybe two or three months, to make sure that you have all the data there, that you have all of the resources, we have the critical stakeholders on board so we can move forward with the project to prevent any hiccups or uh, showstoppers. Gotcha, okay, yeah, so, I mean, either way, it's, a, it's somewhat of a time-consuming process, right, and changes always uh, time-consuming Yeah, this thing. isn't going to happen overnight or by the end of the week. Right. But uh, one point I wanted to bring up is uh, if you're that airman with a good idea, you know, it's not on you alone to talk to um, the program office to convince uh, them to believe in your idea. That's really the role of StrikeWorks. They can help be that advocate for you and the MatchCom staff. Um, they can advocate that idea to those people to give it acceptance. You have a day job. You're busy. You've taken some of your personal time to create a, your idea to make things better. At that point, you know, if it could, gains traction, you know, our staff is here to help you. And that's really, I think, the point, one of the points I want to drive home. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So when we talk about um, moving that idea forward and spark sales take it, they do all the work to solve that problem. When we get to, I'm assuming there's a prototype phase, what does that look like? So that really just depends on what the prototype is, right? If, it, if it's going to go on a weapon system, and that's something that we got to get to spell in early, because that's going to be a very long process to work To get through, approval. Right, to search. go through all that bureaucratic paperwork. Um, if it's as something as, you know, we had airmen that kept bumping their heads in the missile field, you know, getting them approved bu bump caps, you know, that's something that we were able to more or less do, show the data, and then do a COPS purchase for and then when we did a local policy to get that where they remember a lot of where that it took that took about three to four months. Awesome. Yeah, so that's another good point. Uh, when you talk about a cot solution, commercial off the shelf. So not all innovations are, you know, brand new ideas, right? It could be adopting something from private industry or, you know, some sort of best practice um, that's already out there to our advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just because we use rapid capabilities in the rapid acquisitions terms, not everything needs to be a SIBR or a SIDR. Um, you know, there are other section 804s, the acquisitions that we can use. And sometimes the appropriate thing is a traditional contracting vehicle, and that's just something that is just, is just part of it, as well as a COPS purchase. So there is a, more than one way to skin this cap. Gotcha. All right, well, I think that's all the time we have for today. you have any last parting shots for our listeners out there? No. <laughs> We've said all we need to say. <laughs> don't give up. All right, don't give up. Okay, awesome. All right, so that's all the time for this episode. Uh, remember to please share this with your coworkers, um, you know, your friends, anybody that you think can gain value from this episode. And as always, email us at info at strikeworks.com for um, questions, comments, what you guys want to hear about in future episodes. 
and uh, we'll definitely uh, be talking about some of that. Um, so thanks a lot for listening, and uh, remember, change or get left behind. Strikers out. Strikers out.